Welcome to the Crowley Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely I'm pencil. I'm paper. Today's probably bad RPG idea is corporate branded RPGs. Specifically, Feast of Legends, the official Wendy's um, RPG surprisingly detailed campaign book. Yeah, the book is as long as a D&D player's handbook. Yeah, like, I don't want to spoil things in case for some reason you want to play the official Wendy's campaign, but like, it is a full-on campaign. It's got, like, four adventures and plans for, like, following on afterwards, and... Yeah, there's a developed world, a bestiary, <laughs> so many classes. With, all with I, names, I do like, want to mention the classes. I, I do want to mention the classes, because the main sort of conflict in the Wendy's RPG is the battle against frozen beef. There is and the there are many enemies. There's no resemblance to any um, existing corporate mascot. And, yeah, all sorts of definitely not We Hate McDonald's type characters. But at the same time, one of the classes you can join is the Order of Frosty. And while I'm not expecting a huge amount of consistency in a Wendy's branded RPG, that's still a lot. Yeah, like all all freezing things are bad because you don't want frozen burgers. And because then freezing for freshness is a myth. Like, I feel it's relevant that like I've never been to a Wendy's. I'm British, and we don't have them over here. I don't know if I'm missing some deep cultural thing. I I know that they they do have a a whole thing about how their meat is never frozen. Hmm. I saw that on the retweet tower. The retweet tower is also a thing in the in the setting. It is described as incomprehensibly large. Because Wendy's is, as the first page of this damn book says, the clapback queen. That's the official title of Wendy from Wendy's. Uh, in the setting, she's the clapback queen of, I think it's Fresh Beef Donia or something like that. But yeah, the Weechee Tower, which is incomprehensibly enormous, as it specifies in the rulebook. Which is so easy to say, is what's great about that. It's, you oh, know, nope, sorry. If you're in a rush, it's really easy to say Fresh Beef Donia. My mistake is actually fresh tovia, which is less silly but slightly harder to say. So fresh tovia, fresh tovia. Other yeah. highlights from the book include they're not called critical fails; it's called they're a called big oops. It might be the biggest oops, which is another direct quote from the book, which also calls itself super dope. <laughs> I just I don't understand who wrote this or who the audience is, like, but so, it's definitely a bad RPG idea. In what I'm pretty sure might actually be a direct trolley bad RPG idea that we've done before. So you get buffs if you eat Wendy's food um, during the game, which you know makes some sense for a corporate um, corporate RPG. 
You suffer penalties if you eat any non-Wendy's food on the day of the game. You suffer a minus two penalty. For context, the highest bonus you can get in the game is plus five. So it's a very significant penalty if you so much as like, it explicitly says if you eat like crisps or snacks during the game and they're not official Wendy's products. Yeah. Yeah, one really good part is what food, either Wendy's food or non-Wendy's food you have, there's categories and with what food you have determines which stats you get a buff or debuff on. I believe if you eat crisps, you become less graceful. Yeah. If you eat tacos, you become less magical. If you eat fried chicken, you become less defensive. If you eat gas station food, you become less intelligent. If you eat from subways, you become weaker. And if you, if you eat pizza you become less charming. And because they're weirdly insistent on the frozen burger thing, if you eat from a frozen burger joint, which I assume is McDonald's or Burger King, you suffer plus one ice damage every time you're attacked. It's just... It's weirdly detailed for just eat at Wendy's. The question is, do you get a double debuff for gas station tacos? (laughs) One, I don't, I don't know if it's like cumulative. So, like every time you eat a crisp, you have another minus two penalty. Well, I mean, I think that would be excessive, <sighs> even for this super dope game. <laughs> but like, gas station tacos covers two categories. Yeah. Yeah, like it's not even like I mean, like there are questions like that. It's not even like a particularly well implemented rule. It's just yeah, the rules as written <laughs> raise a lot of questions that they then don't answer. Mm. Most notably, you can't die if your hit points drop to zero. You're just immobilized until you can eat Wendy's. That's until you eat <laughs> Wendy's in real life. <laughs> I kind of want to play this game as someone who lives in a country without Wendy's as a sort of challenge mode. No buffs, no resurrection. Constant debuffs every time you eat. Also, oh, just ending up with the entire party catatonic on the floor. Uh, natural 20 is cool because you have eaten Wendy's and are full of energy, presumably. Of course. I just I just love all of this. Yeah, there is the order of the baked potato, the order of the chicken nuggets, and just... They're just the worst names for anything I've ever heard. I maintain the order of the frosty is the worst option. Yeah. Purely because the bad guys are ice-themed. There's the ice jester, who is definitely not Ronald McDonald. There is also the creepy king in the paper cloud in the paper crown, which, to be fair, is does sum him up pretty well. But also, it's an accurate description. Hmm. There's full on like maps and um, the M- everything. The worst part is the illustrations are quite good. Yeah, like. The illustrations look, they look like something from, like, a legitimate, um, you know, 
sword and sorcery fantasy setting. But like, honestly, whatever poor starving artists had to draw these pictures, I salute you because <laughs> you you worked with what you were given and you made something beautiful. Like the actual like ice jester is like if you look at his image, he's like a legitimately quite intimidating looking villain until you realise he's literally just a parody of um, McDonald's freezing their burgers. We will include a link to this game because it is free in the show notes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm not sure if this is like, I don't know how you'd implement this idea. I guess just play it and order Wendy. I do want to use this as an opportunity to talk about the weirdest video game I've ever played, though. Okay. Which was another official game by a fast food brand. I love you, Colonel Sanders, the dating sim. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got that. I've not mustered up the courage to play it yet because I'm a coward. It's, I know it's, it's technically outside of our remit. But I just wanted to remind people that it exists. I think what we need is a crossover. Like Colonel Sanders goes adventuring in the Wendy's fantasy setting and tries to find love. And he ends up, as, as must happen in these sorts of games, seducing the Ice Jester. So there we go. That's how you implement it. You play an incredible fanfic. You play an incredibly thirsty Colonel Sanders exploring the Wendy's dimension in order to fuck Ronald McDonald. Which well, if I think... he's thirsty, he can just order a frosty. A. I assume a frosty's like. I assume it's like a cold drink or an ice cream. I think it's like a milkshake. I'm okay. only aware of it through me. Mm. But yes, um, I think we've sort of roasted the um, Wendy's Feast of Legends game enough. We should possibly move on to questions. You say that, but I feel like there are some companies where implementing them in an RPG could be genuinely interesting. Hmm. Like, have you considered Jeff Bezos as a BBEG? I mean, I think like he's basically like the real world's big bad evil guy is the issue. Like we're all in an RPG where the main villain is Jeff Bezos. That is true, but doesn't that just make you more want to play some sort of paladin of light taking him down? There's definitely something there in like a shadow run where just the companies are just Amazon, Disney, and what have you. Like, instead of any any advanced sci-fi future ones, it's just, you need to take down Amazon. A zombie but, game, but instead of actual zombies, it's the bloated corpses of franchises that keep being revived for no good reason. I think, like, the good RPG idea we've come up with here is, like, overthrowed bourgeoisie and implement communism. I think the RPG idea we've come up with is heavy-handed satire. Yeah. Which is just approximately 50% of RPGs. 
like I think it's like not really satire at this point. It's just insulting Jeff Bezos, which is like you know an admirable goal. That's just a probably good life idea. Yeah. So uh yeah probably yeah probably good RPG idea um overthrow Jeff Bezos and re- redistribute his money. I think that's what we were trying to reach in this um episode. I think so. Shall we go for a question? Right, question. So this one is anonymous. Comes to us through Tumblr. You can send us questions through probablybadrpgideas.tumblr.com I've never DM'd and I've been asked to run a campaign for kids at my church. Do you have any ideas for a story? So my immediate thought was... There's a version of vampire law in which Judas was the first vampire, just as punishment for, you know, being Judas. And I feel like, while it might be obvious as the first thing to go for, I feel like it's the way to get the church to approve of a very vampire-heavy game. Firstly, I like the implication he's not punished for betraying Jesus, he's punished for being Judas. Just unrelated to any of the action. I mean, I think there is one gospel in which he literally just explodes. Which will, like, you know, kids will find that cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what happens when you kill him. (laughs) So for your first um, RPG for children at church, do is track down Judas and make him explode. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I feel I would have liked that. The thing is, there are so many quite interesting antagonists in the Bible. Like, hmm. Even if you don't go for Judas because, you know, it's not... I don't think it's canon if, in any particular version of Christianity that he is the first vampire. It's just a thing. It's a um, direct quote from the Bible. There are, like, literal evil wizards. Like, there's this guy, Simon Magus, his whole thing is, I am an evil wizard, everyone does as I say. Just just a classic D&D villain. Pencil, can you think of any biblical villains you'd like to fight? Hmm, I think, like, probably fighting King Herod would be a bit on the nose if you're dealing with just, like, children. Unless you make... so festive. Yeah. Unless, like, you make it, like, all of the children he kills are, like, annoying in ways that the children you're playing with are, specifically. <laughs> like a Willy Wonka-type scenario. Yeah, like, if you if you have King Herod, but instead of any particular antagonism towards Jesus, he's just, like, doing a Willy Wonka-style, um, castle. Whoever survives the tour of my kingdom shall inherit it. Yeah. <laughs> and you could use that to deliver good life lessons to children. Like, stop annoying me or King Herald again. I kind of love this. Full disclaimer, I don't know a huge amount about the Bible. You what? stole holy water, you lose. <laughs> you could you could have like I don't know if like he has any umpalumpric wilfoots, I sort of assume he doesn't in the Bible. He's but, probably got some sort of generic underling. Yeah, but they could go around and like sing songs whenever anything bad happens. 
if you really want to impress impress your priest or pastor or whatever your version of church person is, <laughs> sing the songs in Aramaic. The idea of like recording full like first century Aramaic songs entirely for your Willy Wonka King Herald game. But yes, I hope that answers your question, Anonymous. Right, um, our second question, which is from Melanie Melody. Okay, so... Okay. Uh, I'm DMing a pirate campaign, which is super cool, by the way. I have a toxic player at my table. She's rude, she complains every time anyone does anything, and tries to do my job as DM. I tried talking to her, but she just ignored me and kept doing the same shit as before. I'm seriously thinking about taking her out of the campaign, bringing a small number of players, and taking her out with reducers to three players. What should I do? Keelhauler. Yeah, like, I've been in games with players who have tried to take over. I was in a game with someone who would deliberately build his characters to better at the other characters, better than the other characters at the things they specifically tried to do, like try to be better than the, at fighting than the fighter and so forth. Yeah, it's, it's better to have a campaign with players than a campaign with more players but one of that. Yeah, like, I've been in campaigns with literally two players and a DM, and that is preferable to being in a campaign where you can't have a good time. Yeah. Like, if you've talked to her and she's not listened, then, yeah, you should probably kick her out. If she's that desperate to be the protagonist, she can go and play a video game. There's plenty of them. Yes. Actual legitimate RPG advice. Yeah, there's definitely, like, if, like, you do want to go for the more passive-aggressive route, which, full disclaimer, you shouldn't. You should always talk about things out of game if you have a problem with your players or GM. But but this is probably <laughs> bad RPG ideas. But yes, so just, just have her be turned into a baby magically. All her stats are one, and she can, like, cry, and that is the extent of her character. Or, as I said, kill haul her. Yeah. Like, I feel like Either the character or the player, whichever's whichever's easiest, or, really. Or, like, both, involuntary LARPing. Yeah. Like, I think, like, one thing I did see sort of in a similar... Like, with pirate ships or areas like that, like, they tend to, like, not respond well to people. Like, basically, I'm going to try and restart this particular point. Basically, if the character is trying to take over and take over the campaign and take over the mission, that, that is essentially a mutiny and you could have the NPCs react immediately. Which probably would be keelhauling or something. It would, yeah. So basically, historically, keelhaul her. Our advice is keelhaul. I think our advice so far oh, is beat up Jeff Bezos and keelhaul players and rewrite the Bible to be Willy Wonka. We are excellent at this. So we do have one more question, which is a little bit less RPG-based, but I quite like that someone wanted to know. How did you meet? Was it through campaigning, or... And then it just... It's ellipsis. Like, 
we thought about it and I don't think we quite remembered. I know it it involved the Douglas Adams Society, mm. but honestly, I just remember at some point I became friends with Pencil. I don't know when that happened. We just weren't friends and then we were. Like, at any point, any of you might wake up and you'll be friends with me. Like, it just happened. They they are just a cryptid. But yeah, like the one, like the first uh, social interaction I remember with with paper is the time that they said, um, "I don't know if I'm up to peeping or not, so I'll compromise and talk to you," which has stuck in my mind as one of the strangest comments someone said to me. But I feel like I probably <laughs> meant it as I'm going to talk to an individual rather than join in a group. But I can't <laughs> prove this. Like it, it, it worked out. We are friends now, so yeah. I mean, we were housemates for a year. Yeah. So yes, to answer your question, one day you will just wake up and you will be friends with me, and no one knows how it happened. How it happens? You, you just have this aura. <laughs> This attracts nerds. If you roll, if you roll a natural twenty, you end up becoming friends with me. But yes, we went to university, ended up friends, and then continued being friends. It's not the exciting story, I'm afraid. Sorry. Next time we'll um, exaggerate it so that we fought demons together. Well, we were playing this game called Feast of Legends. <laughs> And it was just so amazing that we're like, we can never, like, not talk to each other after this. They still love the clapback queen. I know, it's just... It is, it's so inappropriate. It's 100% the name, like, a 40-something, like, person would give themselves while trying to talk to teenagers. I mean... It probably is the name that a millennial gave themselves while running the Wendy's corporate Twitter. But yeah, uh... although you know, let's let's be fair. This probably wasn't run by the same person as the Twitter. This was probably constructed by a load of men in their fifties and sixties, sat in a room for two hours, probably on a Friday. Just like, oh, that'll do. But yeah, it's. I can't tell whether I recommend this or not. I think it's like like the room of um, tabletop RPGs. Yeah, like I want to play it, but I also like Piranaconda. Mm. So I don't think I'm the best judge. I think that's everything we have to talk about. I think uh, so. E uh, extra, extra, exit, exit. Yeah, you want to do it again? Yeah. So that's that's everything that we've got for today. Um, want to thank my spouse Nick Blake for doing editing and making music and things. Um, if you want to support the show, you can head to ko-fi.com slash probablybadrpgideas you can donate in increments of £3 to help us with hosting costs or just life life is expensive, it's pay to win 
Um, life is the worst RPG. It's where um, you take down Jeff Bezos. Exactly. Uh, if you have a question for us, you can send it to probablybadrpgideas.tumblr.com. And remember to have a probably, a probably bad, bad day. day.